and welcome all welcome all once again we're here for another cool sit down once again we got we totally did not record these all back to back we got <laughs> jonathan mark and james spokes from movie rankers how are you too good thank you all righty wonderful so we are digging into the one the only lucrative movie producer that is jerry bruckheimer best known for his various blockbusters for sony disney warner brothers mgm and many more and the franchises csi pirates of the caribbean top gun uh bad boys Beverly hills cop and plenty more he has had a giant lucrative career even getting some various acclaim and produced many movies honed by john turnaltaub Tony Scott and Michael Bay. So it's a cool circle around. How did you guys get into his general blockbusters? Which ones were commonly on TV or at the video store that you checked out? Uh, I, I think for me, certainly it was that time around like the mid nineties where you had some really great, like the fantastic. Rock, uh, Crimson Tide. The the 2000s follow with remember the titans black hawk down and like yeah yeah so that's that's what kind of got me into him and then obviously i'm a massive fan of the pirates franchise that kind of drew me in uh and it kind of made me want to check out his earlier stuff like beverly hills cop and top gun and yeah it was uh he's done some really good stuff and he's he's definitely got some decent franchises under his belt totally I did not know this. I knew he was a hockey fan, but I totally forgot he was a co-founder and co-majority owner of the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> wow. I know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, outside of... Like, he's he's one of these guys who you, you know the name. You, if somebody says yes. Jerry Brockheimer, you know the name and what he does. It's a it. mega producer. He's going to have a bunch of music video type editing. Got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2013, but yeah. And just seeing yeah. all these other movies that were coming out, like American Gigolo, Flashdance, Con Air, and mm-hmm. even garbage like Pearl Harbor and Kangaroo Jack is like, okay, he's, <laughs> he's a big dude. And it was just so wild how, again, you know, he's always finding ways to kind of change up the formula. And like you say, you know, it's going to be major when, you know, it comes out. And I did hear him on Rob Lowe's podcast recently, and it was interesting seeing him just give extra idea of how he went about his pitching process and i don't think he's necessarily filmmaker per se i do think he has a lot of money and he's just generally agreeable and so therefore a lot of his blockbusters are agreeable but i do think he's been fortunate enough to hire a lot of guys who do happen to be very talented behind the camera and you know veronica guerin dangerous minds and even the ref i think are some of my favorite movies and uh it's just a shame that some of his recent blockbusters have flopped, like The Lone Ranger was really bad, and then yeah. Geostorm was such a mess behind the scenes that he took his credit off the movie, which is just so unheard of even for today's standards, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and John and I personally liked it, um, but it also took me a while. Did you know this, uh, James, that uh, Without a Trace and Cold Case are actually part of the CSI franchise? <laughs> I did not know. No. Yeah, they had characters appear on select episodes, and it was okay. always just kind of took me a minute each time. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're all on CBS. It all makes sense. All right. 
it's interesting because you've mentioned person of interest a couple of times uh, as we've been speaking tonight and i'm actually re-watching that show with my wife now it's pretty great isn't it <laughs> it, it i mean it's it, it's good it's uh it's definitely a tv show but nothing is really kind of setting it aside from anything else right now oh any, any other- as it gets going it gets pretty crazy like week, yeah. no it's it's more than that it gets into crazy spy born identity 24 territory that's sometimes okay, that's good that's good to know if you're watching maybe the first five episodes, I'm sure they were playing it safe and just shocking you at first. But yeah, I'm, yeah, he didn't produce that, but I was surprised he did it because you know, I do think it was on at a lame time. Uh, that was kind of the thing. People will see the cover and they're like, "Oh, it's a cop show," but it's more like the Equalizer, if anything, alone yeah, Nikita. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. basically which spy organization and group of assassins. You know, the dude has basically more people going after him than John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, w- I will admit uh, Bruckheimer has kind of I think done the CSI franchise to death but what's funny is I thought he was a millionaire just because he was a producer on the amazing race but I was mistaken so according to celebrity net worth and Forbes in the 2000s he consistently earned 80 to 100 million per year thanks to the CSI residuals and the Pirates of the Caribbean box office profits he earned wow. 84 million in 05, 90 million in 06, and 120 million in 07. Now, in 2015, the Forbes article claimed his net worth is now 900 million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's How does insane. he do it? I'm looking at what came out in 2007 because that was quite a jump. And I'm, I'm saying oh, that. It was Pirates 2 for free. Pirates 3 for that one. Yeah. National Treasure too. So he's he just kept giving Tony Scott and Michael Bay a few movies, and then <laughs> he is he does seem to be kind of have a lazy grin nowadays. He used to always kind of have that cool, charismatic scr- smile, but he seems to be showing his age a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit nowadays. He's seventy-seven years old. Jesus, wow. I mean, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I was a bit worried about the new Beverly Hills Cop and whether it'd be as good as the other ones. But seeing some I mean, of the other, he came back on. It was with Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, who I kind of commend. I think he's pretty cool. But he was apparently sick of all the various rewrites. And then Beverly Hills had an actual police scandal. And so they were like, you got to really come up with a very well thought out premise. You know, yeah. that doesn't yeah. signal today's crappy events. Because, you know, people want the comedy and the fun bad guy who you root for to come up. Yeah. It's not, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely people misbehaving like 21 jump street that don't work (laughs) but i'm seeing some of the other franchises brought back obviously he brought back bad boys from you know 2003 to 2020 and i think bad boys for life really worked i I really enjoyed that and obviously he's done it it was okay i think they're doing a part four i think he kind of goofed up that franchise well yeah i don't know that they're even yeah especially with the recent will smith scandal i don't think they're going to do a part four but i mean LA's finest was kind of lame where it was just showing Gabriel Union's character. Mm-hmm. And again, really, yeah. he did produce it. Lucifer and it, it was one of those where it's like the story already kind of writes itself. It's a fun misbehaving, you know, yeah, supernatural angel. But unfortunately, when you look at parts of the season one, you're like, okay, this is CSI with angels. And you're like, well, no, he's just ensuring that it has giant production value. But I think that's just it. I think he hired just way too many people who just had a attention-getting look 
and at the same time he just kind of sometimes he lucked out I, I've been very let down by Simon West's career I don't think he's ever th- done anything as big as Con Air or the first Tomb Raider since it just seems like he kind of kept doing a lot of weaker productions and other people have surprisingly just kept kind of growing like Tony Scott was always doing something even if he wasn't behind it and I think it seemed like he and Michael Bay were pretty cool. It just seemed like I always would hear rumors that like they had to go their separate ways creatively, but I don't think that was the case. I think, especially when Bad Boys 2 and Pirates make the most money, you know, the same yeah. week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or same year, whatever. It was like, wow. Uh, there is that new American Jiggle show coming out, and I do have high hopes for that since that's by the creators of Ray Donovan. So I think that's going to be a cool, but this is it. I don't, I never get any sense that he's actually involved very creatively behind the scenes. I think he just does the minimum, the pitch meetings. <laughs> he's not the kind who like writes and sketches out stuff. He just casts a bunch of things. Yeah. The training day show was pretty cool, which was wild because, you know, he had nothing to do with the first one, but he just hired Danny Cannon and some of his other CSI guys and worked with Antoine Fuqua and David Iyer to, stretch out that thing and it unfortunately it wasn't a ratings hit and ratings continued to plummet because bill paxton passed away midway through the run mm. yeah. it was a cool show but that's just it i think everyone at that time especially around 2014 to 2017 i think the market was getting oversaturated before streaming was taking over so it's just people were giving up cable and no one could follow anything really <laughs> I know I was struggling. National Treasure show in the works, hasn't he? Yeah, he's doing a third movie and he's doing a show. Yeah, and he already produced. He already produced a kids spy movie for Paramount, and he produced something. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop Four is coming for Netflix. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to do easy tax write-offs by just making movies for Netflix. Yeah. Uh, So why do you think? He got so intimidated by he and Joe Silver always kind of had a rivalry going on. I don't know. It almost feels like... Because basically, Silver was always doing his 48 hours lethal weapon formula. And ever since Bruckheimer founded his production company with Don Simpson, the late producer who passed away in the late 90s, is like he pretty much just wanted to repeat his Beverly Hills Cop formula and then just go with whatever just smelled of just a fun, easy-to-market thriller, you know, with a bunch of A-listers. Yeah. I, I suppose in, in any role, in any company or any business or any uh, industry in the world, you're always going to have competitors and you always want to do better than them, right? But yeah, Totally. But it can be friendly yeah. as opposed to, like, they're just yeah. constantly talking yeah. smack I mean, about each the, other. Look at the Stallone and... Uh, Stallone Arnold, yeah. Yeah. rivalry over the years i mean i'm sure they're great friends now but at the beginning they probably they weren't i don't think so uh i who's to say what their relationship's like now right i think they're way past it i think they're good to go mm-hmm. i think so as well but to bring up a good point it does make you wonder what's the breaking point <laughs> how much yeah. will it take <laughs> I think age is a big factor in that. Because, like, I think Stallone was just rusty about Arnold because he did the whole, like, he would convince people to turn down bad movies. He would actually 
<laughs> convince them, hey, you know, I don't have time to do this. And so then people would sign up for those bad movies that he passed on, you know? So I think- that, uh, Stop on my mum will shoot. That was the one, yes. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of that going on. They got a project, they tried to <laughs> salvage it and they're like, ah, this is, no, this is so much wrong sauce. Yeah. No, you bring up some good points. Um, I, I do, you know, Jill Silver's long left this since 2015, but I, I do wonder what Bruckheimer will do if he just gets up there in age, you know, will, will, because, you know, he's got so many giant franchises and he does seem to be pretty active on Twitter. So I don't know. I can't see him closing down his studio in the same. Oh, no, it's a, no. I mean, he seems like a very smart so man. So much money. money, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, he doesn't come off as the type who is playing around with stocks on Wall Street all day, you know? <laughs> like, every other I would Amazon, imagine, Netflix guy. Yeah, I would imagine he surrounded himself with some very smart people as well, right? So it's not going to be him making... And again, pirates, you know, stupid, crazy big money. So, I mean... Yeah. yeah. Are they doing on every other or? channel, you know, yeah, yeah. And it is kind of funny how small a world it is because I would see a lot of supporting actors like almost always would like be in the next giant blockbuster he did after that. And in a way, I think that was just what was key. He was always having something for everybody, like somebody who your parents recognize, who's in your kid's favorite blockbuster. I really am surprised what compromises he was able to make with both Touchstone and Disney, you know? Yeah. It seems like other people had to just like, oh no, we can't make it. We gotta dumb this down. And he was just like made the decisions like Pirates is gonna be a PG thirteen movie that Disney does, it'll be fine. It's no different than Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's practically his Star Wars saga. So many people I just I would see him dress up as pirates, but after that movie came out, I kid you not, I saw more and more people dressing up as pirates. Zoro was kind of a big yeah. thing in the late nineties. I, I kid you not. I saw people dressing up as Banderas. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe a, you might still see someone dressed up as Maximus at a cosplay convention, but I doubt it. For the most part, they're going to want to be a giant sci-fi horror, you know, or superhero icon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're not going to see any Lone Ranger cosplay going on. You'll see a Lord nope. of the Rings or Star Wars one, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that talk about that cluster. And when I saw that on home video, like I, I should say DVD, I ran it from Redbox and was like, me and my sister were, you know, anytime we see four, four to six writers attached, we're like, Ooh, not good. Mm-hmm. It was like, what could go wrong? Pirates guys looks like another fun Indiana Jones Zorro movie. What could go wrong? I'm like, no, it's, it's trash. It wasn't one of those where you're just like, instantly bad but it was almost as mediocre as the 81 Lone Ranger dare I say it's just it's not Ishtar or Battlefield Earth level lame but it's pretty lame it's just one of those where just so many gratuitous shots that like serve nothing it's like why did we have to see the horse taking it down why did we have to see all these other endless desert shots why did we see oh, yeah it's just like did someone take this over just because there was all this other dumb footage and it's like and you hate to talk shit because like there's all these other wonderful actors in there's tom wilkinson playing a bad guy like usual barry pepper comes in and kind of just shows up on time and then i mean james badge dell does one hell of a job playing the title character's dead brother at the start 
<laughs> it's just like talk about a total waste it's just like yeah 2013 yeah. was a wild year i was still in college and i was getting feeling i was still trying to catch up with like all the other blockbusters from like the last three years and 2012 and 2013 were a total blur for me because i was just again you know just social media was changing career choices were changing and interest in movies were totally changing this is like I, that's where we were hearing more and more sneaky behind the scenes stuff and it's just like yeah i feel like it just got lost in the shuffle just because uh that, that was just like the end of it just the minute we heard that there was a bunch of reshoots and being pushed back another year or some shit like that i was like oof yeah critics are gonna wail on this and boy did howdy did they i saw other people i think some people had there's a funny thing i went to a rift track screening of starship troopers that same year it was really funny but they pointed out it's like this is more depressing than the lone ranger <laughs> and, and they're like tonto agrees and it's like yeah i we'll return after these messages Hello and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J no, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous, I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at Breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast sci-fi horror fantasy superheroes comedy action film television maybe some not so current events find us on itunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries we are worldwide all across the globe 
We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan, we're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Obviously, a bunch of people who've been watching all kinds of old school westerns, whether it's John Wayne and Eastwood or, you know, episodes of Rawhide and Gunsmoke, you know, everyone was going to be disappointed because there just was literally just like nothing for any crowd. <laughs> I'm done willing on that. What are your, what's your guys' takes? Well, is this formula kind of getting a little derivative of other stuff or is he kind of just mainly relying on TV, just focusing his mind more on that? <laughs> It feels like it, doesn't it? Because by that time, you had how many? You had because whenever he did a canceled show, good or bad, like just no one talked about it. Like CSI was just so much bigger than what anyone could have anticipated. Yeah, showing people dissect bodies while cool electronic music plays. What else could you ask for? (laughs) You You still had two of the three big CSI shows at that point, and they they were two 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 of the most popular TV shows at the time, right? So. Mm-hmm. You've kind of yeah. got to think, where is his focus going to be? Is it going to be on the, the massive TV shows that he's got going or the mediocre? I do games? have to say, I disliked the new one that they made. It was just so bad. Like, Which one was that? Like they bought, brought back CSI, the Vegas crowd, and it was just like... Did they? The new characters were just so annoying. Like, And they're good actors and other stuff I've seen them in, but not there. Like, uh, just, should, have brought, should have brought back Miami. That was the best one. I'd be down for that. I know other people shit talk, but I mean, hell. No, I love Miami. Miami's awesome. I know. I like it too. New York. I do. John and I have noticed this before. It has not aged well. It's just so generic. Mm. Like it's trying to be more like law. It's trying to be more like Law and Order and NYPD Blue, but it doesn't have the patience, discipline, or actor range. Like you don't believe any of these guys could be the NYPD's top detectives. They're just so fucking young. <laughs> You're like, and they always have the most generic stuff. Like, let us do our job. It's like he would have been better off just not speaking. Can I do a fan edit of this entire fucking show? <laughs> uh, I think it could have been as worse as the uh, the CSI Cyber Show that they did. Oh yeah, that that I'm was about to watch that. There's nothing yeah. to it. Patricia Arquette does good, but like they got so like none of the characters gelled. And so then they're just like, let's bring in Ted Danson from the original show. And it's like, well, he's doing his job, but still a very it's a C level, you know, five or six out of ten star show. It's not it's not anything to write home about. Um yeah, I think he's done CSI to death, but like Star Wars, just someone's gonna show up just on name recognition alone or just wanting a he kind of encourages like laziness in a way. Like it's okay if the movie or show just doesn't break the fourth wall. He's figured out how to do popcorn movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it makes money, it makes money. And clearly he's brought back some of his most popular franchises. And now he started doing it with his TV shows. And it's it's making money. So I think after because of how big Pirates was, I don't think that Margot Robbie spinoff that was planned or even a potential show will even happen anymore because the last one just tanked so bad. Yeah, I don't think it will. It really did. And I think, in all honesty, that's okay. Everyone would rather just see the original or at least one of the first two or three. But, you know, just something, you know, to just put on for family night. Their kid can watch without being freaked out they can watch it and be entertained by the mm-hmm. stunts 
and <laughs> amusing one-liners, you know, and it was an ensemble, you know, that's why it works so well. And I think that's just it. I think I did hear about how those were occasionally very toxic film sets. Like there was a lot of people making homophobic remarks about Jack Sparrow and this is like, Jesus. Yeah. It's just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Freaking Disney lot. And you're encountering the most messed up people on the de- end of the day. You're like, these crew members need to be sent home and never have their phone calls returned. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, like uh, what other upcoming projects of his do you think are going to really hit big? I don't so know. I mean, do you think they'll do another Top Gun now? now that oh, yeah. that That's a 100%. So, yeah. I'm not a fan, but it's because long story short, it just feels more like, again, a recruitment ad than an actual movie. But uh, I guarantee you, that's Tom Cruise. I do believe the rumor. I think he's done with Mission Impossible. He's like, I'll do two more with because I love you, Chris McQuarrie and Ving Rames and Jeremy Renner and company. But after that, you know, I want to go back to the role that made me a star. You know, <laughs> I mean, he he tried to get out when they brought Jeremy Renner on board because the rumor was Jeremy Jeremy Renner was brought on to replace Tom Cruise's the next kind of i heard it too and yeah i was so disappointed how like avengers like he's barely used at all and you're like yeah seriously dude yeah it'd be nice it'd be nice to see him brought back because i think he still could carry that franchise but i don't know now it's been far too long i'd like to say tom Cruise is going to live forever so he's not going to give up on anything he'll make no he wants to be jackie chan But like you say, it is. He literally is. Is like, yeah. He will do whatever it is, and yeah. I I don't see there. I don't see there being another bad boys. (laughs) Not not just because of the whole Will Smith stuff, but I think that's now. Yeah, I don't. I think it did okay. I don't think it did magically. So, like you say, it would be kind of one of those, just like. I think he's going to try and come up with another formula, but I don't know what he can do. Like two of his big MVPs, you know, are long gone. Tony Scott has passed away, unfortunately, through self-inflicted suicide and we miss you, Tony. And Michael Bay is still finding success doing stuff like Ambulance and 13 Hours, his own giant blockbusters. So I... You know what I've always wanted to see? Yeah, it'd be great. For the longest time, I've... um... I've had this idea in my head of a sequel to Con Air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there so, you, you go. Know, you know, Steve Buscemi's character at the end gets away. There you, see you go. Right? Yeah, the right. Hannibal knockoff yeah. guy, yeah. <laughs> so the idea is he goes back to being a serial killer and he's leaving notes for Nicolas Cage's character and then the FBI brings him in to try and track down. So it goes, like, quite dark and, and Steve Buscemi is like, like luring Nicolas Cage and then he kidnaps his family and then yeah I think that would be awesome no planes involved cool. but you'd have to think of a different name for the sequel but yeah that would be my pitch anyway to, to Jerry uh, more people should pay attention to you but, <laughs> I mean I think Nick he, Cage his it, movies yeah. are on again you know it was the kind of the movie effect they they were almost always I could not he had like exclusive deals with like certain studios. I was always seeing his movies like playing nonstop on stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
the other movie channels occasionally, but mainly stars because you know it was doing a lot of the Disney out and Miramax outlet. But yeah, then you know again. All his main giant ones with Nick Cage and Denzel are almost always on TNT every Saturday and Sunday. It's just, yeah. It's just, it, it was going to pay off over time. He practically does not have to work. He could, mm. but he'll always do just something here and there. I think it, it seems to just have to be something which is a low investment and a big payoff with a big giant A lister and. I don't think he cares so much about the script so much as regardless of whether it's one that's, you know, someone's doing or not, it has to be just something we can work with, you know? Yeah. I haven't heard of too many like rewrites other than the rock and crimson tide. Did you know Tarantino worked on those James? No, I didn't. No. Steven Zalian. Even Aaron Sorkin rewrote enemy of the state. I can only guess what dialogue and the rock. I can only guess which dialogue he uh, doctored. There's some moments. His idea was to make Sean Connery James Bond in that film. Oh, I'm. So I think that's just where his movie buff side came into play. I'm sure he was looking at what people were still staying active in the 80s and 90s. I I am surprised at other people he worked with. He worked with Paul Schrader and a bunch of other guys on Cat People. He worked on Thief, which was one of Michael Mann's first movies. You know, before he went back to TV and did Miami Vice, and then went back to doing movies again. Um, I'm surprised there's a bunch of other 80s shows he hasn't produced. He pretty much just got into the TV game late and just brought all his giant, uh, you know, uh, film crew and supporting actors with him. <laughs> uh, there are a bunch of actors, though, from those various movies that I do associate with them just very strongly. Like, you know, besides Denzel and Nick Cage, you you know, you got Angelina Jolie, John Voight, got um Ed Harris, obviously, and then you got um, you know, obviously Will Smith, and there's just so many just giant names and even supporting actors, I would often see like they would have like a recurring like CSI role, and especially some of the guys playing the Mercs and the Rock, <laughs> bad boys. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Will Patton, I kind of got to know better because of his supporting role as one of the minor turned astronauts in Armageddon and remember the Titans. And so when I saw him kind of exploding briefly there as a reliable character actor, I was like, I know this man. <laughs> um, uh, I'm kind of cool with some of the, I just would like him to work with his other A-listers he hasn't worked with yet, but I don't think he's going to really find any better scripts, really. He's going to keep going for a music video guy and just launch their career. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that the film we were talking about earlier seems to be the only horror film that he's... Uh, the only horror film that he's produced. Yeah, other than Cat People. Two. Yeah, yeah. two of them. Pretty much, people. yeah. There's another one produced. Which was yeah. that? Sorry, so I, I was talking about Deliver Us from Evil. What was the other one you mentioned? Oh, that's what I was talking about. Deliver, oh, yeah, okay. Deliver Us yeah. from, from Evil and Cat People, but yeah. Other than that, he's mainly stuck with just giant sci-fi and action ones. And yeah, uh, which is a shame because Deliver Us from Evil is a, I thought it was a really good film. I love it too. Uh, John and I noted last time when we were talking to Antoine Fuqua that King Arthur was like one of the few duds we cannot be bothered with anymore. It's just yeah, it's, yeah, it's still better than Guy Ritchie's movie, so. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, like Guy Ritchie, 
is very talented when he sticks to what he's doing. I, I couldn't get into Wrath of Man, but no? what do I know? Yeah, I, but what do I know? I, I do think the Sherlock Holmes ones are decent, and that's a Joel Silver vehicle, but I swept away Aladdin, and <laughs> I just, I can't get into any of his shit, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I, I am surprised that he hasn't gotten people of that type, you know, it seems like he would be kind of working with someone like that, but he just wants to do big giant blockbusters or he doesn't even really do comedies as much, really. No. They're all no, that. Where would you go? Yeah. You ever but, hear anybody say he has like a big ego on set a lot? Yeah, I, I don't think he's that intrusive. I don't think he's a visionary at all, but I don't, I've never heard him I think he just likes to kind of go on autopilot. He's like, he knows what sells. And I think CBS, whoever he talked to at Paramount, just really must have loved his movies. So he's like, yeah, you're going to produce, you're going to create two shows. You're going to create a procedural called CSI. And then you're going to create The Amazing Race. (laughs) Our number one reality show other than Survivor. And you're just going to wham. And... It, it is a predicament, like you say, where it's just like, you know, whatever he likes, he just kind of goes with that flow. He, the Rob Lowe, you know, podcast, when they were interviewing him recently, he, he kind of gave kind of, he seems to be very animated when he's pitching movies and talking about him on the special features I've seen, but he never really, he gives very too just easy kind of generic answers, which is kind of a shame, but I know he was like, when he produced Flashdance, that was like kind of the movie that got him on the map. And he's like, he instantly saw who was working and he just like took one look at Jennifer Bills. He's like, that's the girl. (laughs) His words exactly. That's the girl. Brilliant. Oh, well played. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously doing something right. If I can get to seven, seven and I am on autopilot, I'm going to be a happy man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. if my life is on autopilot from 77 then yeah call me happy <laughs> totally yeah I hope something takes off um, but again yeah he could literally have a heart attack tomorrow I'm not wishing that but I'm just saying he could literally like go missing and he would still be around because his movies are just such giant blockbusters and then kind oh, of definitely. meh when you get to like the yeah. early 2000s a bit and other than giant franchises, you know, and I, I don't know what else he would have done. I, I don't think he really had, I think he just covered his turf. He didn't worry about conquering. It just literally all took care of itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Disney had crazy amounts of money <laughs> to give on to. Well, that shows in this filmography, doesn't it? Right? Mm. It totally shows. He, it's a shame you could never get another franchise like Pirates running, because they tried with Prince of Persia, didn't they? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. other than that and Lone Ranger, I, I don't have any qu- quibble with him. I think he's figured it out. Mm-hmm. And King Arthur. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
but it's pretty minuscule. It's, it really is. So, like, I mean, Black Hawk Down did him some favors. So, he always supervised a bunch of music that was playing in his movies. So, he's won a bunch of like Grammy noms and accolades. So, it's like, yeah, <laughs> the, the Aerosmith songs from from Armageddon still play on the radio, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> oh, it's not going away. Not going away. No. Even as a fan of them, I still admit that. That's driving me crazy. Totally. Well, this has been great having you on, James. Uh, what, what do you got coming up on Movie Rankers? Uh, we've just done an interview with Mark Strange, who you might know from a lot of the martial arts films that Colin gets involved with. Sweet. Um, and we've also recorded l- earlier this evening an interview with uh, Craig David. Uh, what's his last name? Sorry, I forget. Oh, yeah, his last that name. guy. He is <laughs> playing. It's Dowsett, I think. Craig David Dowsett. He's playing Winnie the Pooh in the new horror film Winnie the Winnie the Pooh Winnie wow. the Pooh Honey. Um, I'm so obviously, so surprised they were able to do that. Well, the rights to. Winnie the Pooh entered the public domain in January, and it seems like the, the producers <laughs> they already like, had it made. Wow. Probably it was just under a different name. <laughs> they, well, no, they 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 uh, they had a good idea for it, and um, they got it up and running and filmed it earlier this year. And yeah, we we interviewed the smart the people. Guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we got coming up. Okay, very cool. Well, I look forward to hearing future episodes and uh let alone that interview that will be cool because we do need more indie film talk there's just not enough people who seem to want to give them another time or they're just mm-hmm. too creative to where they don't want to really bear their naked so soul so to speak you know they don't want to talk about it really which sucks because so many people can learn something and when you're out of dvd and blu-ray commentaries to listen to you need something you know <laughs> <laughs> Some of her inspiration, especially if film school didn't do it. Uh, completely. Well, I wish you, you and Colin very well. Uh, John, what do you have coming up that you'd like to plug before we go? Well, I'm thinking of writing some reviews for some horror films this coming October. So, yeah, What's playing at the cinemas that. now? Well, it's actually older horror films I'm playing on. Older? Okay, you're going to the OGs, the classics. Yeah. You should write one from Rosemary's Baby because I know how much you hate that movie. <laughs> oh, I hate it. The entire interview will be fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to do my zombie like that. Oh, well, fair enough. That's a negative 100 out of five. <laughs> yep, zero even. Oh, well, then that's why I said negative 500. Yep. <laughs> I'll stand the man. Won't even give 0.5 to him. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care about the monsters. He seems like a cool, decent guy, too, which is a shame. He even did a CSI Miami episode and had a funny story about that. But it was like, I don't know, man. He just seems like he gets lost in his own abyss of despair. Just <laughs> need to stop casting his bloody wife and everything. Honestly, like, how biased are you of a director that everything you direct, you have to put your wife in it? Yeah, she is smart. She is cute, and she does seem like a cool gal. But at the same time, it's just like he gives her shit dialogue to say, and she doesn't have the range. So it's like I don't, I don't want to talk shit about anyone. He seems like a cool person, but what the fuck? 
Have you seen the posters online? Like it says Rob Zombie's Jaws, and then it's got playing the shark, his wife. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is exactly what would happen. Until they would. Uh, yeah, Spielberg will. He and Scorsese basically are like the only people feared in Hollywood <laughs> who basically have crazy Jerry Bruckheimer money. Who, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see anyone wanting to remake Jaws. I don't think even Universal has gone down that rabbit hole yet. It, I think everyone knows that if they do, they will lose their position. <laughs> like They will be fired just like the people at like the guy at Discovery who basically did away with all the DC projects, even though the movies were in the can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's just it, too. Like, even if a movie sucks, it should come out and try and make its money back. I don't think you should deny people all those jobs and demo real footage. That's just lame. Mm. It's a tough one, but, you know, money talks these days, isn't it? They're going to save a load of money. Right. By What's honest these days? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Okay, well, it's always a delight having you on. And again, you keep kicking ass on the wild side, my dude. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up-